representing Canary P.I. in The Devil's Triangle, a J. Henry production. When hunger pangs come a-knockin' at your door, tell them the vamoose. Reach for O'Leary's canned luncheon meat. Mmm-mm. Emotions run like the sea, constantly churning in waves and currents, never relenting. An undulating fervor, then a displacement, revealing emptiness, followed by the unleashing of the tsunami roiling deep in us all, wishing you could take it back. We all have regrets, yet we don't pick up that phone, don't send that letter, don't build that life raft. One of the great mysteries of the human condition and the great deep. What do you got for me? Uh, Mr. Dune is here to see ya. Alright, send him in. The door opens sharply and in walks a nautical looking fellow. Salt and peppered beard. Walked with a cane and a slight limp on his otherwise sturdy frame. Yar, I'm Duffel Dune of the SS Old Spice. But you can call me Cotton Duff. Whatever you say, Cap. Why don't you take a seat and tell me what vexes you? Oh, good, good. Say, I see you on me, like. He pops it off and lays it across my desk, tapping it with his cane. Genuine Redwood. Sturdy. Learn my lesson after a boss safely he's eaten up me first. <laughs> Please, that's, that's not necessary. Put it back on. Dangerous working out in the ocean, eh? Son, you respect the sea. If you don't, you're lucky if your leg is the only thing she takes. Why don't you tell me why you're here? Well, Mr. Canary... Oh. Do you mind? He takes out a pre-packed meerschaum from his pocket and a box of wooden matches. Not as long as you don't. I take a cigarette out of my crumpled pack. As I was saying, I have now the biggest privately owned cargo ship from here to Timbuktu. We're freelance shipping service. We ship everything. Anything. Within the law, of course. You got 50 tons of doorknobs that you need to move. I've got contract for you. The problem is... We've been arriving at our destinations with less product than we left with. You always account for damaged items or a missing crate or two. Flew off with the fairies, as we say, but that's usually a loading problem. Those crates were never there to begin with. It's been getting worse. You think one of the deckhands are skimming off the top? They're all good men. It's not as simple as that. Mr. Canary, these are wooden shipping crates. Eight feet high, eight feet wide, stacked. Now, you could maybe explain away one or two missing, but five, ten, fifteen. Where are they going? That's a lot of fairies. It's gotten into me profits now. I only complete access to your boat and your crew. How long you docked for? Oh, I can't stop operations. I have contracts for months. You'll have to come aboard. I'll have you back in four days flat, fast and calico jack. <laughs> I'm no sailor. I keep my feet firmly planted on the ground. I'll pay ye extra. Double and a half. Done. We leave on the morrow, 5 a.m. sharp. I'll have everything you need. Just bring the keen eye and that no-nonsense outlook. Tomorrow morning, Canary flies with the gulls. I arrive at the pier the next morning at 5 a.m. on the dot, always punctual. It was only a short walk down the dock before I found his boat. It was 350 feet long, if not 500. SS Allspice marked on the side in a loud red. As I get closer, I make out a wooden facsimile of some kind of demon on the tip of the bow. Two deep, booming blows from their air horn alerted me. I saw someone at the top deck wave me forward. 
Walking up the steep ramp onto the ship causes my shins to burn. Getting older, Canary. Don't show that grimace. Welcome aboard the Old Spice. You must be Detective Canary. Right this way and I'll take you to Captain Duff. Nah, I'm just a private dick, thank you. He walked up to what I assume was the cockpit of the ship. Two sharp knocks and we stepped in. Well, come in, mate. You made it. That's just fine, fine. Those landlubber legs will just in no time. You feel queasy, you just bite down on a piece of this. He threw a small cloth sack that smelled like literal death. It's all squid. Fermented, salted, and dried. You keep that. I got plenty of it. It's my favorite snack. Go on, try it. I'll be damned. Not half bad. <laughs> you make me laugh, Canary. Come here. Let me show you something. He unraveled a weathered scroll, stained and moth-eaten. Now look at these. All throughout history, Monstrum Marinum. You got your sea pan, satyr, triton, sea monk, Cecilia, siren, and serpents of all shapes and sizes. Let me be up front with you. I'm not one for superstitions. Oh, sure, sure. But men of the sea sure are. Have you heard of the Bermuda Triangle, Mr. Canary? Sure. I heard some cockamamie ghost stories from when that Amelia Earhart story swept the nation. Ooh, some don't think it's so cockamamie. Is this pertinent to the case, Mr. Dune? Captain Dolph, please. A few years ago, we had a shipment of parasols coming out of Miami, hit by a devil of a storm. The waves came in strong, slammed our ship against the dock. We sailed out about half a mile from shore to ride out the storm. It's rough, but standard practice. We were surrounded by a storm on all sides. Road wave almost capsized us. The further east we went, calmer the waters were. It was the only direction we could go. So east we went until we had diminishing returns. We set anchor. Nothing else we could do but hope for the best. We spent half the night bobbing and weaving, but the light was at the end of the tunnel. By sun up, it passed. We'd survived with minor damage. I don't have time for stories. You want this case dealt with, we need to move this along. But you see, this has everything to do with it. We charted where we ended up, unbeknownst to us. We traveled right smack dab in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. The Devil's Triangle. Some claim it to be traveling through other dimensions, or time warp where ancient beasts past extinct still reside. Now I don't completely buy all of that. But I do believe some places are just bad. This stretch of water surely felt wrong. The crew, the talk of a merman that followed us out. He haunts us, curses us, never letting us deliver a full bounty. This actually does help me a bit to see what kind of thought processes I'm up against. What do you believe, Captain Duff? Well, I don't know. I just know I had to do something. That's why you're here. I look around the woodplank cabin, deciding where to go from here. My interest is grabbed by a large family portrait hanging the opposite of the wheel of the ship. Family? Sure is. That's me father, Douglas. And my older brother, Dee Dee. And me when I was the greenest greenhorn you'd ever did see. My father taught everything we needed to know and then some. They're on board then? Nay. The sea took them some time ago. My father went first, then my brother. Almost a year apart from the day. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yep. When me and D.D. inherited the business, it was golden age. Gosh, I over feast. 
It was one of the best years of my life. He trailed off, looking straight out the bow of the ship, lost in thought. Say, that's some pinata you got hanging off the front of the ship. Oh, you mean our guardian gargoyle? You don't normally see figureheads on boats this morning, but I had to have it. Used to ward off bad juju. At least more this kind. Looks like St. Lucifer to me. Yeah, it sure does, mate. I'll be having a look around now. You found my first mate standing outside the door. He's at your disposal. Now, leave me to my work. We'll be setting out shortly. See you at Chow at 4.30 sharp where you'll be eating corn straight out of the tin. <laughs> first mate Calhoun, at your service. He raises karate chopped hand to his forehead, saluting me. Oh, now, that's, that's fine. Eddie's, Eddie's. Excellent, sir. In that case, you can call me Cal. Where would you like to see first? I walk up to the tip of the boat, surveying the dock and the scene that we'll be soon be setting out on. Faced with the back of the head of the winged creature on the bow, I give it two sharp thumps with my index and middle finger. Same as me peg leg. Solid redwood. I'll have to ask you not to touch. He's got his own job to do. Snuck up on me without a sound. I smiled and waved him off. He threw a coiled rope over his shoulder and he was off. He's just a little superstitious, don't mind him. He delegates most of the major maintenance, but insists on painting and lacquering it himself. Every six months, like clockwork. Let's move. Show me where you keep your shipments. This be the loading bay. Not sure how much Captain Duff told you, but here is where we stack the crates. One person on the pulley, two to swing and position them on the dolly. We set a wrap and direct it to the back of the trucks, and it's as simple as rolling it out. We've become so in sync that once we're in a rhythm, we can unload the whole thing in a couple of hours. Other crews would take half a day. Impressive. Level with me, Cal. What's your opinion on this missing merchandise? He'd tell you about riding out the storm in the Bermuda Triangle some years back. He sure did, but let me level with you. I'm a man that deals with cold hard facts and not fanciful stories. Something or someone will fall us out. I'm sure of it. It curses us. This isn't a popular opinion, but I think it's in that devil out there. Riding with us. I hate that thing. Couldn't get something normal like Poseidon or a half-naked lady. He insists it scatters off evil, but I think he's got it all wrong. There was only two levels of the ship, but it was vast. I took note of the points of interest. The engine room, full of greased and aching pistons. My sleeping quarters, which had a cot-like Murphy bed which swung from the wall. With it down, I couldn't hold much more than my small bag and a chamber pot. A minuscule jail cell in case someone on board dips into some bathtub hooch a little too hard. The galley where pots boiled away and the cook screamed obscenities. Most importantly, the turlet, where it had a lever where the bottom pivoted out straight into the ocean. Yeah, that'll be all, Cal. I'd like to be on my own now. We'll be shipping off any time now. Just ask around if you need anything. I'm not too hard to find. Four deep bellows from the ship's horn reverberated through. The gargantuan mass of the ship started to move like an ancient creature awakening from its slumber. Right on time. If you don't need me anymore, please excuse me. There's always work to be done around here. The rest of the day was pretty uneventful. I settled up my things in my room and spent my time patrolling. Just watching how things had done. Skipped lunch and met up with the crew for dinner. Later that night is when things went awry. Calhoun's gone mad. He grabbed an axe from the stern and headed towards the bow, screaming, it's happening again. Me and a small posse ran towards the commotion and towards the wheelhouse. Its door laid ajar, with a disheveled Captain Duff turning levers and switches. He stuck his head out of a small circular window and screamed. We're circling around, all eyes on the water. Get the life preserver, now! We circled for over an hour. There was nothing. Nothing at all but the phantasmal waves of the nighttime sea. He was there, standing with an axe raised over his head, and then he wasn't. 
Then you've seen four. Well, you must have. There at the bow laid the axe. The figurehead missing the tip of its left pointed ear. Looks like he got a whack and tumbled over. Oh, he looks that way, lad. Someone ran over with a large jug uncorked and a tray of shooters. The first mate, Calhoun. May you be heaven half out where the devil knows you're dead. I took the shot of rock gut, and they all threw their glasses to the ground, smashing them. I followed suit. We investigated the ship together. One crate was missing, and another was moved, halfway to the doors of the loading bay. There was two crewmates stationed there. One was on the outside in the doors on his feet, and one was inside on a chair. Claimed he nodded off for the past hour, but insisted any stirring would have woken him up. Things don't just disappear, not men or crates. Put someone else you trust at the doors, Duff. Someone you trust, and I mean it. I'll take guard duty on the inside for the rest of the night. I paced back and forth in what little space that wasn't loaded in. The rest of the night was uneventful, and no more merchandise went missing. I met up with the captain at sunrise. I found him pacing in the front of the boat, pensively puffing on his pipe. Say, Cap, how does someone as skillful as a first mate just fall overboard? When the sea wants you, the sea will have you, lad. No different than what happened to McKinn. May yet happen to me. He puffed his pipe even harder and walked back to the wheelhouse. It wasn't quite breakfast yet, but I was able to rustle up some bread and a small jar of olives from the galley. Not quite Saudis, but it'll do her. I went back to my bunk and slept for three hours. No full night's rest on a job like this. I woke up nauseous from the swaying of the boat and chewed some of the salted squid. Fixed me right up, just like Captain Duff said. I spent the day making it a point to have at least a few words with all the crew on board. Asked their name, how long they've been employed by this outfit, things like that. So I'd have my own confirmed manifest on who's on board to look into further when I'm back on land. Am I any closer to figuring this out? Yeah, I have a few hunches, no strong leads. I am prideful over my track record, but there are cases that elude you. Some mysteries aren't meant to be solved, but I don't think this is one of them. It was nighttime again, where the foul and the wicked play. Hey guys, I'm gonna turn in early. I'm feeling a bit under the weather. I was careful to make a show of it and make it well known around the boat and not go too overboard, which is maybe where I'll end up when this is said and done. I found a crate in the cargo bay with a loose lid. I was able to shimmy inside the straw stuffing and rolling pins that resided inside. Eight hours without a smoke, that'll be the worst of it. I could see through the boards of the wooden box, but not well, it'll do. My hearing is still good. Ma always insisted I finish my vegetables. Four hours had passed where a minor chiropractic issue was turning into new shingles for his roof. Something finally stood. A familiar smell was strong enough to reach me through the container. It was pipe tobacco and salt squid. I waited to catch whatever was happening in the red of the hand. I could make out the pulley on the ceiling rocking and giving off smoke from the friction as something heavily thudded to the ground. I slowly lifted off the top covering me, being careful not to create a racket. There was Captain Duff, slowly pushing a crate to the loading doors that lead off the side of the ship. He was muttering something, but I couldn't make it out at first. I slowly crept up behind him, trying my best to stay out of his sight. This year. This year. This year. With each push, the dolly crate moved about six inches. He was half outside the doors and getting closer to the edge. With a final grand push, the crate went over the side of the boat and into the ocean. This year. This year. He went back to the stack and dropped another crate into the dolly. This was not like the others. It shook and rocked like there was some kind of rabid animal inside. 
Sure. I unholstered my 38 and put him right in my sights. Stay right there, Captain Duff. He didn't even flinch. Kept on doing what he was doing. I walked closer. His eyes were half closed. I called out again. Captain Duff, stop right there. He seemed to be in some kind of fugue state. I've seen people at the funny farm with this affliction. Sleepwalking. More like dead walking. I got right up into his face and snapped my fingers. No reaction. Mr. Dune! Ah, screw this. I tackled him to the floor and cuffed his hands behind his back. The banging in the crate was getting weaker. I stepped back and I took a running start, jutting my shoulder into the wood slats, shattering enough to see the contents. It was Calhoun, bound and gagged. I pulled the rag out of his mouth. Walter, please. You just hang in there, champ. Someone come help. Bring some water. Men came in one after another. Someone came with a pitcher that Calhoun chugged down. Just what kind of boat is this? The captain kidnaps his own first mate just to murder him at a later time? Duff was still chanting his mantra with his head down on the deck. I'm going to put an end to this. Stand aside. I grabbed an axe off the wall labeled for emergency use only, and I ran towards the bow. I had reached a marred figurehead, and I raised the axe above my head. Please, don't! Please stop. Captain Duff, still shackled, called out from behind me. Why, Duff? I want to hear you say it. They need to stay at sea. They need to stay on this boat. What happened here, Duff? Me father. He kept promising to hand off his business to me and my brother. But he refused to retire. He wasn't the man he used to be. He was getting people hurt. And your brother? We were supposed to split the business 50-50. We were making in money faster than we could spend it. I came to find out he was shorting me and stealing from the crew. I gave him both my best years. There's courts, Duffel. There's courts for this type of thing. What you did, it's unnatural. They were family. I'd take it back if I could. The stuff I don't. I can't control myself or remember much when I'm in that state, but I put two and two together a long time ago. Those are my father's and my brother's shares. They haunt me still. This is my atonement. You hired me because you couldn't keep the shroud going any further. You wanted to be caught. You have been eaten up with guilt for so long you can't stand it. You turn a galver of gold and it makes you sick. Most of us knew you were dumping crates, Cap. We tried our best to cover for you. You always paid us so well and took care of us. If you were going off your rocker, we agreed to keep things sailing as long as we could. Calhoun, he's straight as an arrow. He would never go along. But this and your family? You tried to kill Calhoun in one of your fits. This ends now. We will not be a part of murder. Someone turned this damn boat around. Captain Duffel Dune was held in the small jail cell of the ship until we arrived back. The police waiting on the dock for us. You're gonna need a saw. The remains of his father and brother are in the figurehead. It's hollow. He killed them both. They took the disgraced captain off the ship and put him in the back of a squad car. He'll be going away for a long, long time now. Listen, Cal, if you and the crew got any money saved, from what I saw, you guys are a well-oiled machine. It won't be another SS Allspice, but maybe that's for the best. I'm already thinking two steps ahead of you, Canary. Aye. Thanks for everything. Good luck, Captain Calhoun. Boy, am I glad I got paid up front. Next day at my office, I'm glad to have my feet on solid ground again. I'm still chewing from that sack of squid pots. Don't suppose I'll ever find this stuff again. I'm sure it's not great for the old ticker. One thing's for sure. 
you won't find me on any pleasure cruises anytime soon. Voice acted by, in order of appearance, J. Henry as Canary P.I. Julian Gillis as Duffel Dune. Jackson Tyler Lee as Calhoun. Frank Guglielmelli as Deckhand. Written, directed, and edited by J. Henry. Music by Pedro Sparza, Kevin McLeod, and Vivek Abishek. Further information in details below. For information on collaborating, contributions, or just want to keep up on the current scoop, follow us at twitter.com forward slash rpcanarypi. This concludes the broadcast.